This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. Um, Thank you for joining us today. My name is Beth and I work for the Broadcast Network and I am joined today with Rosie who works for Christchurch Manchester and uh, together with the Broadcast Network we are coming together later on this year to do some really exciting stuff and we'll speak about that in a moment but um, yeah we want to just really hear about the story behind that so like hi Rosie. Hi Beth. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today um, on the podcast. It's really exciting. Um, So yeah the thing that we really want to delve into and speak about really is this Renovacion conference that we've coming up in September um, and it's going to be a, a conference about renewal and it's about um, bringing the gospel to Spanish-speaking communities globally which is really exciting but really we want to know the story behind it all, how it, how you got involved with it at the beginning, how it's now led you to lead a Spanish-speaking site at Christchurch Manchester. Um, yeah so we just want to give our listeners the full backstory so can you tell us a little bit about how it all started. Yeah, great. Yeah, so it's been a journey that we've both been on really, hasn't mm. it? Um, so I, about four or five years ago, um, I did a year abroad. So I was studying Spanish at the University of Manchester and I did a year abroad um, to Nicaragua in Central America. And I went to work uh, for a charity called Latin Link, um, who send people out to Latin America, to and from Latin America. Um, and yeah, just spent um, about eight months there, ended up getting evacuated out because um, of some political turmoil that was going on there. Um, but it was basically, yeah, an eight months that completely changed my life. And God really, um, I think during that time, just really broke my heart for um, that culture. So uh, Latin Americans generally and kind of isolated people living um, in a foreign country that's not their home. Mm. Um and I think as well what happened during that year was I, I really managed to get a, a good grasp of the Spanish language um, mm. just from from being in a country where there was absolutely no one speaking any English. Mm. And I think that that really helped. And so then when I came home, um, I remember in my fourth year of university having a dream um, during the night about setting up like a house of worship, I think it was, mm. um, uh that would all be in Spanish. Um, it wasn't, you know, necessarily a church, but it was a place where people could come and worship in their own language. Um, and so that was that was kind of exciting for a moment, but I kind of just put it to bed in my head because I really didn't have much faith for it or think it would ever happen. Mm. Um, and then kind of just carried on with, with my studies. And then um, we moved in together, didn't we, like mm. a couple of years after that. Um, and I remember it was a conversation that we had I think it was on our way back from a church meeting um and I was talking about my job at church and thinking about the future and you asked me this kind of pivotal question which was um just if you could do anything with this job at all what would it be and this question just really kind of forced me to um kind of think again about um all those things that I guess I'd kind of put to the side mm. and I just my knee-jerk reaction just kind of came straight out of me was oh, I would love to set up a, a a site of CCM that's Spanish speaking and I hadn't really known that was there in my head until you asked me the question um and so that was kind of the catalyst that started it so it's all down mm. to you really no, <laughs> no no I do remember that walk home though very vividly and very it was probably yeah like two 
over two years ago now. And mm. I just remember, you know, those conversations you have sometimes in your life and you feel like this is a pivotal conversation right yeah, now. And yeah. I, I, like, yeah. it has shaped, doesn't it? Which is really exciting to see what comes from just two friends just talking about the future yeah. and bringing God into that mix and then just, yeah, being able yeah, to totally. compliments. So. And then I think what I remember clearly about the kind of, even just two weeks after that, mm. everywhere we went, we would be in Aldi or um, mm. just walking around parks. And it was kind of like God was highlighting to us, there are loads of Latinos yeah. and Spanish speakers in Manchester. Because everywhere we went, wasn't every, it? we just heard. Every time we went out, yeah, we, we heard. Yeah, we just heard people speaking Spanish. Spanish yeah, um, yeah. And maybe we had been before, but just hadn't really been mm. listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, that, that was kind of the beginning. Um, and then I think it was about two weeks after that first conversation that we um, had a message on um, our, f- our church Facebook group from somebody who was speaking in really broken English and I could see from her Facebook profile so that she was from Peru and she was asking to join the church mm. and we were just like this is this is the Lord <laughs> the Lord has spoken yeah um and so that was really exciting um and then from there we kind of thought you know what we could probably try mm. and start a little you know walking and talking English group walking around the park and just see what it turns into we still I don't think we still had the idea yet no. um until Colin came and spoke to us. Colin Barron came and spoke to us and said he'd he'd had this idea for six new sites at CCM, um, and that he wanted a, a Spanish speaking site as well. So mm. it kind of all just came together mm. um, like that. And so then out of that, we started trying to meet up once a week with this girl who really wanted to practice English. Her name was Raina, um, and then some people she lived with and some friends of hers also had the same problem. Mm. Basically, that was what we noticed, that mm. people really needed to practice English. So we kind of cashed in on that mm. and um, did a lot of walking around flat parts in, yeah, the, yeah. in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was exciting, wasn't it? Because I think we met Raina and then she introduced us to other people. And I remember, I just remember now, um, meeting one of her friends and we walked around the park with them and then we sat in the park and then her friend started rolling a joint and then like started oh, yeah. playing like reggaeton that. music really loudly <laughs> on a speaker. And we were just sat there like two, you know, kind of Christian girls like yeah. sat here while she smoked weed and they were just like <laughs> chatting. And it was just like, how do we get ourselves into this situation? It's so fun. Like yeah, it's so we did counter actually. like what we were doing at the yeah, time. Yeah, we did find ourselves in loads of random scenarios I think, yeah. through, through doing the group. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we met Jose through that, didn't we? Didn't yeah. Tell us a bit about Jose. Yeah, so then we, she invited us um, for ceviche in her house, which is like a national Peruvian dish, which was so Delicious. nice. Delicious. So good. Mm. Um, I remember it was really hot that day as well. Mm. It was nice. Mm. So we went and did that um, and met, um, I think it was like a, a 40-year-old guy who lived in the house that she was living in, also from Peru, um, whose name was Jose. And he was there and he'd left his family in Peru, I think, and just basically told us the story of how much he'd been struggling living in the UK. I think he'd been here for a couple of years. Um, And he got really emotional as he started talking about um, his job, kind of washing up dishes in in this restaurant um, and talking about kind of bullying in the workplace that he'd had because he didn't have any English. Um, and, And then he was comparing it with his lifestyle and who he was in Peru. And he was fully trained architect in Peru and had his whole life going, had his own business going for him Mm. and all this stuff. And it just made me realise how much people who come over here, you know, seeking a better life, especially Mm. if you've got none of the language Mm. at 40, it's just, it's just really, really hard going. I remember him just kind of starting to cry a little bit and 
he said, this is the first conversation I've had with any any Brit at all, really, since I've mm. been here in, you know, for two years. Um, and I think it was kind of, that was another one of those moments, like we'd had a few weeks before, where I just really felt like God was saying, this is, you know, you're meant to be sat here in this person's kitchen mm. right now, and this is really important. Um, so that was kind of another confirmation. Mm. And then we started up these prayer meetings, didn't we, of every other week or so, we would um, meet on Zoom with whichever stragglers we could find who were kind of in our group at that point. Who weren't um, fed up of Zoom yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'd just basically pray for it to become a site um, of the church. Mm. So, yeah, that was still about two years ago from now. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of prayer meetings, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. And we had, like, quite a lot of pictures and words that came out of those meetings that mm. were kind of, at that point, the only thing that were keeping me going in terms mm. of having faith for it <laughs> yeah yeah just because it was you know it was hard to see how it could go from five people to anything yeah anything else especially because at that time we were in lockdown as well weren't we so yeah we weren't able to come and bring these people into our houses or come and have and cook for them we were doing stuff around parks yeah. walking yeah. and and it was it was that kind of phase of which I think every church leader went through of like, okay, how do we yeah. innovate and continue with the work that we're called to do when we're shut in our homes? And yeah, particularly yeah. that first winter of lockdown, I remember us trying to play a game of Pictionary on Zoom. Yeah, um, and it was just not working at <laughs> all. And everyone just actually wanted to be off the call. Yeah. <laughs> Like um, every technical issue happened during that yeah, <laughs> people yeah. left and then joined and then it wasn't <laughs> the screen sharing wasn't working and it was yeah, yeah it was um it was good fun yeah well so kind of you know thankfully we haven't been in lockdown for almost i'd say probably a year now so how have you seen things shift and change since since that year i know we we worked a bit with a community in rochdale can you tell us a bit more about that yeah so we through a connection from um, somebody at a different site of CCM, um, we, we were kind of put in contact with a group of people in Rochdale who um, were living in kind of government, government houses that had been placed there by the government, basically. Um, and they, there was like a whole group of them, about 17 of them, um, that were all there that we met. Some of them were actually Nicaraguans as well, most of them from El Salvador. Um, so we started traveling there, which I remember were a lot of long, <laughs> precarious journeys, <laughs> um, trains and buses carrying like loads and loads of food, didn't we? We mm. wanted to kind of, because we know in their culture, it's it's everything centered around food and sharing and being together. So mm. like when we actually could meet in people's houses, we really milked that. Mm. Um, and so traveled there kind of once a week or so to chat with them. Um, and then we did Bible studies with them. Um, and just ate a heck of a lot of food. Yeah, didn't we? a lot of good food was consumed yeah. over those. Few Even if we'd um stupidly ate a meal before, we'd get there and they'd be cooking something else at some random mm. time of day. Yeah, we'd have to just just <laughs> yeah. eat it. <laughs> it was so different to British culture of um, you arrive at someone's house for a meal and the food is maybe in the oven and got ten twenty minutes left, and we would arrive and they'd be getting the ingredients out of the shopping yeah. bags that they got mm-hmm. and the whole experience of cooking and eating to, it was like the, the cooking prep was that you did that together as well as eating yeah, ate together, yeah. didn't you? which was really um yeah really refreshing actually and it's really fun to do um i think as well what struck me about that time is so we yeah we were had some families in rochdale and then also in stockport and there was um a particular family in um i think maybe it was rochdale actually that we spoke to and they were so i 
if you live around Manchester or you're from the UK, you know that Rochdale hasn't actually got a very good reputation and mm. it can be quite a dangerous place to live. And um, the government are putting these um, refugees basically in Rochdale for, for the cheaper housing when they come over and they get allocated there. And um, they were speaking, weren't they, about how safe they felt on UK yeah, streets yeah. and in Rochdale um, in comparison to their home country that where they'd fled, you know, the yeah. kind of corruption and um yeah the fear of gang violence and crime mm. and just hit it, it hit me i remember hearing that she was like i feel so safe here and i was like you don't know that you live in one of the yeah. you know roughest areas of manchester but you think it's safe like and it was just a wake up call of how like lucky and blessed we are to live in this yeah. remarkably safe country um and just understanding a bit better a little bit only a fraction better the kind of turmoil and trauma that they've seen like which I mean yeah what can you tell us any more about that yeah for sure some of the stories we heard them mm. telling us were really scary weren't they and mm. some we even got shown some pictures that was like <laughs> oh my well, I don't want to see that yeah but um yeah it definitely did put into perspective um you know how lucky we are living in this country mm. and um yeah it was it was really it was great really to be able to hear and give people an opportunity just to listen mm. to their stories of mm. things that they'd experience, you know, experienced and people that they'd lost. And I think actually being able to, because especially this group, they very much stay within their, the confines of their group. And mm. um, I think telling it to somebody from this country as well, it seemed like a first for a lot of them. And yeah. a lot of them seemed quite frantic in trying to talk about their stories and almost mm. process their pain. Mm. Um, so yeah, we could definitely de see God um, doing something through a lot of those conversations for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think as well. Can you tell me a bit more about? Um, so culturally, I know um, bringing uh, grace into the scenario was an interesting one because a lot mm. of Latin American countries are um, predominantly Catholic. What yeah, was your experience yeah. of that in Nicaragua, and how have you seen that outplay itself here in the UK as well? Yeah, I, I remember there being such a huge divide um, in Nicaragua between the Roman Catholics and the Evangelicals and you mm. couldn't even associate with um, with the Roman Catholics. I remember once I started uh, volunteering at this um, comedor, which is like a... Um, <laughs> like an eatery for little kids. Okay. So they were providing free food and it was run by these Roman Catholic nuns um, and I had some free time for a bit, for a week, so I was helping them out. And when my church found out about this, they were quite stressed and a little bit angry that I'd been doing it because there mm. is such a huge divide between between them. Mm. Um, I think a lot of it's political as well. Um, but I think for a lot of a lot of the Roman Catholics that we've met in our group, mm. um, a lot of them are are struggling to to comprehend the notion of grace in mm. a big way. And in a lot of the Bible studies we do, we'd find that especially some of the women were quite frantic in trying to. Um, almost show us and show me how much they knew about the bible and mm. they'd be quoting scripture at us quite a lot and sometimes i had to kind of fight to be heard over mm. how much they wanted to, to kind of showcase their knowledge mm. and so we did try and go quite heavy on just talking about grace all the yeah, time which yeah. was which was nice mm. um so yeah we had a lot of quite fruitful conversations mm. out of that um yeah definitely i wonder how much of my spanish they understood <laughs> oh no well from what i can tell you speak amazing spanish <laughs> um, i speak very minimal spanish so maybe i'm not no, the best judge there. but <laughs> um so yeah that was a really exciting time can you tell us a bit now what's going on 
at Christchurch Manchester how you know we're now you've started up a meeting and how that's going yeah um so yeah so kind of since then we've made some more connections around the Fallowfield area which is great because it means we can get to we utilize the you know Luther King house as a place mm. to have a meeting and eventually we just ended up feeling like we wanted just to get going with 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 starting it as a service so we meet um every two weeks in Luther King house um for about an hour or so um and I've been posting on this <laughs> Facebook page that I'm part of I don't know how I managed to get myself into this group but it's called <laughs> Latinos in Manchester and it's it's for anyone that is Latino or Spanish speaking living in Manchester um and I post on there um nearly every week they must be getting sick of me <laughs> basically just inviting people to our church um and with your latino name of rosie crooks yes, I know, yeah. <laughs> um and uh that is actually how we have gotten all the people that we have mm. at the site and obviously yeah our numbers still aren't big but if we can get everyone together in one room at some point we'll probably be about 15 16 of us mm. uh, maybe more mm. so yeah it's good um it's been kind of up and down some weeks it's uh we've had like like this week, for example, we just had an absolute technology malfunction, <laughs> which meant that we, we didn't have a preach. So I had to do like a kind of um, ad lib a prayer time, mm. um, which was OK. But yeah, so we have um, a couple of a couple of guys who are kind of going to help us lead it now, which is fantastic. A guy from Argentina um, who I feel like God's kind of really given him a heart for it as well. Mm. Um, and he works as a translator as well so he is translating our services um either from english into spanish or spanish into english which means you know we can have preachers um come mm-hmm. and preach who are our english speakers which is great mm-hmm. um so yeah it's exciting it's, yeah. it's exciting to see you know mm-hmm. what god has been doing and will do mm-hmm. we we're praying for <laughs> yeah and i think it all kind of links in as well isn't it like um like you're just speaking about nico and his desire as well to see um latin american people who come over and their english is limited and therefore job opportunities are limited yeah he wants to see them equipped with english which when i think back to when we first were doing those walk around the park yeah we were speaking in english with these um these guys jose and reina and we were trying to help you know we're talking we had topics i think that we would talk about yeah. in groups to be able to try and expand their english to um be able to for them to be able to get jobs in the yeah. field that they are trained in and so we're kind of it's all we're, you know it's coming full circle of like yeah. that is still very much ingrained in what you're doing in the meetings now which is yeah for sure that is yeah. how kind of how we started isn't it mm. i think as well that's the beauty of having because obviously god you know god might have given us a heart for it and we're mm. excited for it and you know i know a little bit about the culture from having mm. lived there um but i think that is the beauty of having you know native people mm. who can come and help us lead it because mm they really fundamentally know what it is that they need or, yeah. you know, they needed when they first came yeah, yeah. and c- can kind of give us that insight. So it's been really helpful because Nico has been full of, full of ideas um, for how we can do things differently and it's, and it's working already. Yeah. So yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's really exciting. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Can you tell us any funny instances that you've had over the last, oh, amusing. When you write a memoir book of this period, oh, <laughs> what would, what would be included? Um, Probably um, a lot of the being corned into eating loads of food um, have been, yeah, we've had a lot of of hilarious situations where we've just been like full to the brim already having just eaten and just like now I need to eat more. I don't want to be rude and say, no, I can't eat it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this Sunday was pretty hilarious, wasn't it? Yeah. Just like, it was a bit of carnage. Mm. Um, we, we ended up... Um, yeah. You know. We ended up once at that um, a church leaders event that actually we weren't technically invited to, <laughs> um, but I'd found out about it through somebody else and thought it was probably fine for us to go along. And then when we got there, kind of realised it was a private event <laughs> <laughs> with food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with food. Um, so that was kind of hilarious. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was. It it's been really cool, especially in that meeting, wasn't it? That to mm. to see that what we really felt from God and what we felt God was saying about the Latin community and Spanish speaking community, you know, for Manchester back then, even just two years ago. And now, you know, he's been stirring in other Latino church leaders hearts Mm. all along as well. And that was, you know, um, for having not been invited to the meeting, it was really cool to, to get to sit in there and and hear that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And just see that, that there are other, you know, like Latin American and Spanish speaking church leaders, in Manchester trying to trying to go for the same thing definitely yeah yeah it was one of those very surreal experiences where you suddenly find yourself in East Manchester in the backyard of a church garden I think maybe and there's a, a barbecue going on where they're cooking like plantain and like amazing cuts of like pork and beef and and uh, you're surrounded by Latin American church leaders you going to stick out like a sore thumb oh yeah we definitely but, did yeah. didn't we? <laughs> It was kind of all Latin American men as well. And yeah. they just us sat there in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which kind of, yeah, leads us on then just to speak about how is the broadcast network getting involved with this then, which is um, a really exciting thing. And that is the online conference in on September the 8th, Renovacion. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the heart for that and what, what that's going to look like? Yeah, so we're we're so excited by what uh, we believe God is doing in the Latin American community um, here in Manchester. But we know as well that like, you know, God is really on the move in loads of different countries for the Latin community Mm. um, and Spanish speaking community um, and throughout Latin America as well. Um, So following the the broadcast conference that we did recently, that was that was fantastic. We wanted to do um, kind of something similar, but basically just talking about how God is um, reviving Latin American countries and Spanish speaking countries mm. um, and, and how he's working now. Um, and so we're going to be hearing from um, loads of speakers, um, some who are like Latin American themselves, some who are missionaries, so English mm. missionaries, Swiss missionaries. Um, I've actually got a couple of um, my supervisors who I was working with in Nicaragua who were going to um, come and speak to us Um who have been based in Nicaragua for about 12 or 13 years, I think. Um, And so we're just going to be hearing about what God has been doing through uh, their lives. Um, Yeah, just be great to hear, you know, um, how God is on the move in in these nations. Yeah, it's so exciting. And you can find out more information about that as well on the broadcast network website um so it'll be starting so the one of the things that i find really exciting about this is that there's three different time zones on all of the (laughs) advertisement because um obviously it's going to be a a global online conference that you can sign on for free and it'll be starting yeah on the 8th of september at 3 p.m gmt time and uh 9 a.m mexico 4 p.m spain so you can find all the info on how to sign up for that on there but um yeah it's going to be a really great event i'm really looking forward to it and since it's online as well you don't have the excuse of not being able to get the flight to england (laughs) or to manchester 
for it and you can uh, and sign up there but there thank you so much for joining us today rosie it's been really great to thanks so much you.